there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, a 30 Rock podcast. The weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, looking at the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurgs that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Amick. And welcome to episode 18, Fireworks! Yay, Fireworks! Yay, Fireworks! Uh, we hope you enjoyed the Mean Girls special episode we had for the April 30th episode that went up. Uh, but we're back to our regular scheduled programming here with 30 Rock, um, closing in on the, the final few episodes of Season 1. Um, David, give us a quick summary slash synopsis of this episode, if you would, please. Liz Lemon pursues Flower Guy to her detriment, and uh, Jack Donaghy gets a new rival yeah. and enlists Kenneth to try to help take him down. Yeah, and Tracy learns a little bit about Oh, and Tracy history. learns about his history, yeah. yes. His, yeah. I think this is, uh, honestly, it's one of the best episodes of this season. Uh, it contains one of my, uh, probably my favorite bit of the first season, which we'll talk about. Um, and it sets a lot of stuff in motion that will be continuing throughout the rest of the series. Obviously, this is setting up more of the Liz and Floyd slash Flower Guy story. Uh, introducing Will Arnett as Devin Banks, uh, as Jack's ongoing rival throughout the rest of the series. And then touching on... Uh, Tracy's past uh, or his um, family history learning that he is related to Thomas Jefferson uh, and him sort of using that to sort of get back into movies which will come into play in a couple of episodes um, but I think solid episode all around um, as we were loading this up David noticed it was a 26 episode uh, 26 <laughs> This is a 26 episode episode. No, it was really long. A 26 minute episode, but it doesn't feel long. It doesn't feel like a long episode. It feels like everything is compact and to the point. I don't feel like there's like a wasted uh, moment throughout, but um, no Jenna. That's right. Where she just keeps just Everyone's in this but Jenna. Um, but everyone's in it. Tufer's in it. Frank's in it. Pete's in it. Pete is showing a little bit more of that fatherly side that he's needed the whole season so that's coming back into play uh but it's just a really solid episode all around um any last thoughts or first thoughts before we get in just hop right into the cold open let's hop right into the cold all open. Right. a little bit longer so we'll we'll sort of cut it up a little bit but we just summon uh we we come upon uh liz who's getting a hot dog and st- and bumps into floyd hey Hot dog times, huh? I only eat them on special occasions. What's a special occasion? I decided to eat one. Fair enough. You going this way? Uh, no, I'm going in here, actually. I'll see you later. <laughs> Church on a Tuesday? But he seems so normal. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, if it were church on a Tuesday evening... Maybe, but church in the middle of the day on a Tuesday, like... Well, it seems like the start of the day. The start of the day, yeah. I mean, church, I mean, to me, like, I don't know, I feel like it's pretty known that a lot of such and such anonymous groups meet in churches and places like that, so... Yeah, I mean, I know they they met in churches. Uh, I don't really know too much about church. didn't really attend it too much as a kid, Uh, or nor... Anonymous meetings or anything like that, but uh, yeah, it seems like a Tuesday morning does seem like the best, but also could be the worst, just because like it is during normal work hours. So I don't know, but yeah, yes, yeah. it's, it's. I mean, obviously, we we don't know yet that he's going for an Alcoholics Anonymous yes. meeting, um, but you know, it is still kind of a curious thing to be seeing someone going to a church on a random Tuesday morning. So, comedy. And uh, this is Kenneth, one of our pages. Kenneth, this is Devin Banks, our vice president of West Coast News, web content, and theme park talent relations. Hey, Devin, you better watch out. Kenneth might take your job one day. Or your job, Jeff. <laughs> or his job. <laughs> Why don't we just... Uh... That is some very, very fun foreshadowing of Kenneth, like, three seasons, four seasons out, because... He does ultimately become a janitor when he uh, gets. I think he leaves Thirty Rock. If I remember correctly, he leaves Thirty Rock, and then he, when he comes back, he wants to start from the bottom again. So he comes back to work as a janitor. That's 
pretty fun. And then he eventually does get Jack's job. So. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, it, it all get, comes full circle. Yeah, whether they plan that or not for the beginning. Yeah. Well, I, I think getting Jack's job, yeah, because he makes that yeah, reference yeah, that definitely. you know, in however many years, either he's gonna what is it? He's he's gonna run the he's whole gonna, thing, or, or we'll all he'll either be running the company, or we'll all be dead by his hand. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. yeah. Morning. My notes. Dude, how can we be wearing the same outfit? You saw me leave the apartment this morning. I saw you put it on. I thought it looked nice. How long are you staying with me? Indefinitely. Huh. Liz, I want you to be Devin Banks. He's in from L.A. Uh, Devin, this is Lemon. Hi. Hi. Love this show. Thank you. Look, I gotta go. Thanks for the tour. You guys, you're the real heroes. They get younger every year. These punks who think they can take down Jack Donaghy. You're worried about that guy? Banks is in New York for a reason, and I intend to send him back to L.A. Wow, if this turns into a showdown, you guys could settle it with a talking-like-this contest. Banks is no slouch. He pioneered the concept of 10-second internet sitcoms. Making it happen. Honey, I'm home. Oh, great. We made it. I'm sure he's here to dazzle the old men with his webisode ideas, but I have ideas too, Lemon. Like what? Something big. A live television special with fireworks. They can do shapes now. One time, I saw a cowboy hat. <laughs> Boy, you're going to need more than that, though. Maybe you're right. I want you on this, Lemon. Those jokes you wrote for my Mitt Romney fundraiser, they were top-notch. Those weren't jokes. That was an appeal for a return to common sense and decency. <laughs> well, I got big laughs. Remember when webisodes were a thing? Yeah. I mean, NBC was big on yeah, this. Yeah, the, the Office. Yeah, I, I think Thirty Rock didn't have like webisodes, but they would have like weekly web videos. I, I remember like one there was there was just like answering fan mail, like yeah. Liz Lemon was doing answering fan mail and stuff. Like The Office had it. I'm pretty sure Parks and Rec had like a couple of seasons of stuff doing that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's ultimately stuff that would probably go on the DVD anyway. Yeah. But why wouldn't you save that for the DVD? Maybe your DVD market's not doing as well, so you're putting it out. Well, I mean, that was a time when... have a presence online. I mean, uh, online was emerging as a serious channel, but it wasn't ready. It wasn't streaming ready as we know it now yet, so they were just trying to figure out how to monetize there. But it just, it seems quaint now, now, from the perspective of 2019 and streaming, like, so many things, well, <laughs> I guess technically a lot of things are quote-unquote webisodes, but they yeah. are fully-fledged. TV shows and movies. I mean, commercials are basically that now. Like, they're 15-second, like, stories that are trying to sell you on something. But most of them are, like, well, this weird... Like, yeah, what the hell okay. were you just trying to sell me? Like, a Tide commercial that has nothing to do with washing clothes. It's just, like, a weird creature. is like, ah! And then it's like, yeah, buy Tide. And it's like, oh... Okay, that didn't tell me anything. Well, yeah, but I mean, there have always been commercials. I mean, you know... No, no, no. Was Obviously, commercials have always been a thing, but I mean, commercials are reaching a level where they're telling these stories as opposed to just trying to sell you something. They're selling you something, but also trying to tell the story. I feel like commercials have pretty much always... T- that's been the point of commercials. I wish I had one off the cuff of my hand that I could just present to you and be like, boom, that's what I'm trying to say, but I can't at the moment. <laughs> And not to believe the point, we'll finish off the cold open. Uh, Tracy gets served. We should do a sketch about alien abductions. Yeah, yeah like a Lamaze class in Roswell. Like yeah. Lamazwell. Dude, what's with the ridiculous hat and glasses? I'm incognito. Some dude is trying to slap me with a subpoena for a paternity suit, and the kid ain't mine. How do you know it's not your child? Because I remember the girl, and it's impossible. I never got out of my car, and she never got all the way out of her troll booth. Okay, let's get back to work, guys. How about a sketch about Bill Clinton eating hamburgers? That stinks. What is this, 1992? Eh, what do you want from me? I'm not a comedy writer. Mr. Jordan, you've been served. How oblivious are the writers when they didn't notice that guy? Well, uh, I mean, to be fair, we have seen the faces pop up and disappear, and so maybe they just have a revolving door of some contract maybe, writers that are yeah, in and out. That's true. Josh isn't in this episode either. Oh, that's right. Well, who cares about him anyway? He's the most, he's the least important character on the show. So we come back from the opening, and Jack gets some much-needed information about his new nemesis. You know, the more I think about it, the more jazzed I'm getting about these fireworks. Maybe don't pitch the fireworks thing right away. You know, I'm going to come up with a couple other things I think you'll like better. Well, what I'm saying is that is what we're selling at the pitch meeting, Lemon. Spectacle. 
It's what people want. The Romans knew it. Louis Couture's knew it. Wolfowitz knows it. Mr. Dombey has instructed I was spying on Mr. Banks, and there is something you should know. So, what team do you play for? Oh, it's not really a team. It's just a bunch of guys who like doing gymnastics. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be in town for a little while. Maybe we could get together. Why, you're friendly. Good God. Devin is gay. He's even more powerful than I thought. Maybe you should seduce him and get him to tell you all his secret plans. So, Mr. Donaghy, what can I do for you? I heard you were talking to my colleague, Devin Banks. Did he tell you why he was in New York? No, sir. We just talked about Anderson Cooper, mostly. You should get to know Devin. Tell him all of your television ideas. You know, he started off as a page just like you. Really? So did I. You say the right things, ask him the right questions. I'm sure he could open some doors for you. Okay. What kinds of questions? I'll write them down for you. You call him. Tell him you've got two tickets for Chorus Line for tonight. Now, uh, Kenneth, have you ever used bronzer? <laughs> I think this is the phase where it was definitely an open secret, but he hadn't come out. Yeah, I don't think he it was, was still out several years time. off. Yeah, I want to be in the conversation. But it was definitely an open secret because I remember all the time there were posts on Gawker about him meeting up with such and such people, like he was being spotted around the city and stuff. Like apparently he. I don't know, was known for, like, dating Latino guys. So there was always an update about what Latino guy he was seeing now that on Docker. That counts me out. One day. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> we get Leo Spichemin again. I think this is his next to last cameo for this season. He might come back. I'm pretty sure he comes back at least once. Uh, but he is helping uh, Tracy take a paternity test and a DNA test to see if he is the father. Dr. Spaceman, when they check my DNA, will it tell me what diseases I might get or help me to remember my ATM pin code? Absolutely. Science is whatever we want it to be. I feel like in 2019, that statement is very true. <laughs> well, I mean, science is always, like, fluid. I mean, it is no. always, like, an ever-changing thing. But I know, but I'm thinking of, like, the, 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 the foothold that anti-vaxxers are, seem to be gaining. Like, science is just whatever you want it to be. How? How do they still have this strong? Like, it's not I mean, still. It's like it's growing. I don't, I don't think it's growing, though. I think it's just we're paying more attention to it, so it seems like a bigger deal. Well, than it really on the is. one hand, the internet does amplify stuff. On the other hand, there are a lot of measles outbreaks in the past few months that were not happening. True. How many years before that, really? Yeah, so I, I would want to think that it's just it's bigger because we're making it bigger by attention, not bigger that it's actually growing. Because I can't believe we would be that stupid as a well, society. Yes. I mean, part of it is that the internet amplifies loud minorities, but I feel like it is, I don't know, growing. Those poor children. I'll let you know as soon as I have the results. I already know the results. The kid is not mine. Boy, it's crazy to think we used to settle questions of paternity by dunking a woman in water until she admitted she made it all up. <laughs> mm, different time, the 60s. So we go to Devin's hotel, and uh, Kenneth has to do his best to get the information from Devin. And I have an idea for a show about a teacher named Art. I call that one Art School. And one about a Jewish guy who opens an ice cream parlor. That one's called Ice Cream Cohen. And a drama about two cops, one named Cash and one named Carrie. I don't have a title for that one. But then also Kenneth, I have some... can I offer you a libation? I have... Champagne, vodka, absinthe. Fruit punch, please. Right. You'll excuse me, I'll go slip into something a little more comfortable. Like in the movies. So, Mr. Banks, what brings you to New York? Oh, just making the rounds. What projects are you working on, near slash long term? Oh my, that's an awful short robe. I know. I had to cut it down myself. <sighs> oh, Kenneth. You know, I was a page. And when I was in the program, we'd give each other a hand. Can you give me a hand, Kenneth? <laughs> For a fellow page, anything. Great. I guess we haven't really talked about Will Arden enough. Uh, we we mentioned him in passing that he's in this episode, but uh, one, I think he's a great fit for this character of Devin Banks of 30 Rock. But I think at this time, 
he was most well known for job, like job, gob or gobe or job on Arrested Development. Um, he just, I don't. There's something about his voice; it's just so perfect. Uh, and then obviously he's gone on uh, with BoJack Horseman yeah. to become one of the best. I think still the best Netflix original show uh, thus far. Um, well, it's better than was it Flaked? Is that his other one? Oh God, yeah. Was he like a recovering alcoholic or something? I don't. I. There was some capers and mischief and such as I vaguely remember about it. Like I remember that getting some buzz and then it came out and then all the rest talking about it. I mean buzz and that like people were talking about it, not that it was good. Um, But yeah, I mean he's just well, and he was also I think he'll do a short stint on Parks and Rec around this time too, uh, which at that time he was married to Amy Poehler and they've since split up. But yeah, he's just like a consistently good actor character actor and I guess Bojack is his breakout his, well Arrested Development was his breakout oh, yeah, and a, Bojack's I mean, big Bojack's really the only consistently um, big thing he's thing. done because Flake only lasted a couple seasons he had that show on uh, Fox Carrie with Carrie Russell, Russell that was not good something last very savings long. it's a couple of seasons I think I, I think it was just one maybe just one yeah. season something about something about hippies I don't know no it wasn't hippies it was, I mean he was basically well, playing another Joe type character it was something like a conservative like not Republican conservative conservative like I'm pretty sure Carrie Russell's character was like a recycling or a conservationist kind of thing I can't, I, honestly I watched um, like maybe three episodes yeah I think I maybe got one episode so. in yeah, I don't think he's had much of a movie career either. If he is, he's been playing like character actors. But I like him. Like I keep an eye out for him. I, I think he's a fine actor. But he's definitely one of the breakouts uh, on this show as well. He's just a great recurring character on here. But we get the DNA results as well as the paternity results from Dr. Leos Pachenin. Tracing, I have the results of your DNA test. Now, I'm very serious about doctor-patient confidentiality. So I'm going to have to ask that all four of us keep this to ourselves. What's the verdict, Doc? Good news. You are not the father of that child. (laughs) However, according to my DNA database, you are a direct descendant of our third president. Jasper Buckelman? (laughs) No, Tracy. Our third president, Thomas Jefferson. Jefferson? Not possible. Yeah, that's a white dude. Yeah, but that guy was into black chicks. I'm surprised I'm not a descendant. These DNA results show that genetically, you're mostly white. It's ridiculous. I can't be white. My whole persona is based on an in-depth analysis of the differences between black and white. This is how black people dial a phone. This is how white people dial a phone. I gotta call my wife. So apparently there is a different version of that scene that is in syndication as opposed oh, to... Oh, really? Uh, I've never seen it, actually. This is just from the Wikia. But um, instead of the cutaway of him doing his stand-up, it's like he he takes his shoe off and his sock off and he has a completely white foot. Oh. And so that's... That the, seems less funny than... Yeah, it seems very bizarre that... Uh, yeah, that's th- this joke that they show of him showing the differences between black and white people is way funnier than him just like yeah. suddenly discovering he has a white foot. But it's it's out there apparently. I've never seen it though. I'm sure it exists on YouTube or something. Yeah, go ahead. Well, this starts something that is a little off for me when yeah. Tufer says that can't be true, like or whatever he says about Jefferson. I mean, I feel I, I feel like. He's, Jefferson has come under more controversy in the past few years, but even back then, around yeah, 2007, it was very well known that Jefferson probably had relations with some of the people who worked as slaves at Monticello. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of controversy. Because, I mean, I was at UVA at the time, and I remember there was, like, seeing, like, the, the, the Sally Hemming Society, basically people trying to... I, I don't want to say truthers because that sounds like a back conspiracy theory, but basically people who are trying to look at more of the historical perspective because obviously Jefferson founded the university, so he's like, uh, uh, I want to say culty there, but it's like people are super into him there because obviously he's an, I mean, he was an important figure in history and he was the yada yada. But there's also people who tried to, I don't know, just 
understand everything that happened in the situation instead of what made the popular history. Uh-huh. So I feel like Tufer, especially being like a Harvard person who we've seen in the past is like very aware of, well, not even aware, but just interested in racial issues and social justice issues that like he wouldn't be so like, oh, that can't be. And like, I think he says later on, like it would be an honor if you'd be related to Jefferson. Yeah. And it's like, I think, I don't know, in in real life that person would be more skeptical and be, you know what I mean? Just yeah. Almost, I, I would more expect him to have the attitude of like, you know, I hope you're not related to him or something, that, you know what I mean? Because he would be very... As opposed to completely dismissive. Yeah. I always read it though as like, because of the way Tracy acts, there's no way he would be related to someone as presidential as Jefferson. Where, like... Oh, that could be, I guess. But I mean, in that, in that scene, it can definitely be read that he's just completely dismissing it because the idea that Thomas Jefferson slept with a slave was uh, some unknown idea, even though like, I'm, I feel like even as a kid, that was like a just unknown thing that he had relations with slaves. Like it wasn't like a secret or anything. So I don't know. I've never read it that way. So that's interesting. But yeah, I just find it. I I don't know. Like if it had been any other character saying the same lines, I think I could have bought it. But for some reason, like specifically to for, it just seems a little off. But he's also been kind of shown to be dumb, like despite being a Harvard. Guy, no, that's like, true. But it just seems like that just seems like the sort of thing. Based off what we know about him, he would be. It seems like he would be someone who would be hyper invested in, yeah. like, giving the full truth about Jefferson and true. everything around yeah, his yeah. his relationships and whatnot. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, the the the, the yes, his comedy bit is really funny. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to detract from the comedy of it all. I know. Yeah, that's always one of like one of my favorite. Favorite just pops into my head every now and again. Just, I mean, we don't have touch tone phones anymore anyway, so we don't ever really think to do it. But it just the sound I think is what makes it funnier. Yeah, and then when he's doing it in the present time. He's not just dialing, but he's doing the sounds also, and it's just like, does he think the white people act? uh, It's funny. Yeah. Did I ever tell you this? Um, this is the only time I'll ever get to tell this joke, I think. Um, well, not even a joke. It's a real story. Um, when we were younger, if we ever had to like call our parents or something, if we weren't at home, obviously we didn't have cell phones. We would have to use like pay phones or touch tone phones or anything like that. Our mom was one of those moms that was just like really big into like that water cooler talk or urban legends or anything like that. Like anything that's out there, like whatever is on Facebook now is like, this is going to kill your kids. She was (laughs) hearing it and regurgitating it to us. So I remember she used to tell my brother and I, if you ever used a pay phone, make sure you check all the buttons and the coin slot first because they have needles because people with AIDS will prick themselves with thumbtacks or needles and then tape those thumbtacks or needles to the buttons so when you go to use the buttons you'll stab yourself and you'll get aids and i was like one i'm pretty sure that has never happened if it has it's like one time it ever happened and i i I cannot believe that you would just believe that outright yeah and it's just and so she would tell us that she said about vending machines gas pumps and movie movie seats movie theater yeah everything was always just like everything's out to kill you and give you aids you actually did tell me that on our second date oh (laughs) good memory yes (laughs) but yeah that's so don't do that to your kids at least don't scare them like make them aware i don't know there's a better way don't expose them to the momo challenge that's a more 2019 frame i don't know i know what that is but i refuse to give it anything more than it is but like does it tell you to kill yourself or is it like an ever increasing challenge okay so it it's a it's a thing that wasn't a thing that was made into a thing basically so in i think in latin american countries i've heard like it it was became sort of a big internet meme in those countries with like just using that image and perpetrating like as like a scary thing but what made it i guess what it broke out in the u.s was i i I don't know if it was 4chan or just someone from one of those corners of the internet basically started uh, targeting like uh, 
just like mom groups on Facebook and stuff, like saying, you know, watch out, don't let your kids participate in the Momo Challenge. The Momo Challenge was supposedly this, I mean, you've seen the doll, right? right. It, in the middle of random videos on like YouTube, YouTube kids videos would randomly pop up in the middle and like tell kids to like kill themselves and, you know, uh, whatever. So it's something that never, I, I'd never actually existed, but it became a thing because parents started panicking and sharing mm. with each other and it blew up and it was basically a, a big hoax. And I, part of the reason why was there's a comedian who as part of his act like did some made like some sort of video was like okay kids remember like uh, I, I, can't, I don't remember what down it is the, uh, uh, across the street uh, uh, down the highway yeah something yeah for like results well, and, yeah but, well and but anyway but someone really actually did slice that splice that randomly into some youtube kids videos so, like that actually did happen and that mm-hmm. caused a little bit of controversy but the whole momo thing is like it's actually a hoax like yeah. it was there's no actual recordings of any of that happening it's just this panic spread mm. Across the internet, and it's all like an urban legend. Like, yeah. I mean, by the time this thing. comes out, that I mean, that's already dead by the time we're recording. Oh this. yeah, so by yeah. time I mean, this it, comes it'll out, be a couple months be... past. But I mean, that's like a 2019 yeah. version of the of the, the... AIDS needles <laughs> on the gas pumps <laughs> meme. Because yeah. that's what that I mean. That's what that is. Like yeah. a, I mean, a, like a meme from a meme that just got like, decades that ago. actually had no um, traction, but yeah. was given traction by ignorance. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Liz decides to confront uh, Floyd at church, but not before she gets some wise sage advice from her hot dog vendor. No, 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 no. Are you kidding me? You eat too many hot dogs. Please, I am concerned. I copy this article on sodium for you. Fine, but I will be reporting this to the Fox Problem Solvers. Bible study? Excuse me. Hey. Hi. I didn't know you came here. Oh, well, I haven't been in a super long time, but yeah, my parents used to make me go every week. Wow. Well, welcome back. Thanks. You're doing the right thing. Good, have a seat. Okay, everybody. Let's get started. Hi, my name is Floyd, and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Floyd. Uh, it's been four years since my last drink, but I just broke up with my girlfriend, so I guess today I'll be talking about my issues with women and trust. So in that scene, after Floyd announces himself as an alcoholic, Liz gets up and slowly starts to slide towards the door, but as soon as he says that he's going to talk about all of his secrets or whatnot, all of a sudden she gets really interested and goes right back to her seat. Alright, full disclosure. Would you stay? If you were in her situation and you were interested in this person, would you stay? So let's suspend this belief and say I would go into the church in the first place okay. because I probably wouldn't okay. do that in the first place. But let's say I had... Get, getting the hypothetical right down Absolutely yes scene. because I'm okay. extremely nosy. Okay. I think I would also stay... One, Jason Sudeikis is adorable, so... Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds awful, and it's definitely unethical and wrong, but, like she says in an upcoming scene, like, it's just like you're getting the most real that a person can it's be. It's like eavesdropping on someone's therapy. On a therapy session. It's like, yeah, you want that information, and it sounds awful, and it ultimately will come out at some point, because somehow they're going to learn, like, how did you know all of this stuff about me? But, yeah... I would I would not pass up an opportunity. I feel bad, but terrible person. Yeah. You stayed? Pete, you don't understand. He was pouring his guts out. It was like eavesdropping on somebody else's therapy. It was great. Yeah, that's not okay. I just feel like I've known him forever now, you know. I mean, his father was awful. Awful. And he told this story about trying to make French toast for his mom when he was a kid, and he started crying. I love him. Liz, what is your plan here? What are you going to do? You're going to fake being an alcoholic for the rest of your life? I don't know, okay? One day at a time, Pete. I'm going to take it one day at a time. I want you to tell me everything that happened last night. 
curtains open on a group of chorus line dreamers in 1970s leotards. What? Stop that. I'm not talking about the show. The only reason I sent you to Banks was to get information. Why were you telling him anything? I'm sorry, sir. I had to keep talking just to stop him from putting his fingers in my mouth. Kenneth, you are the worst gay bait ever. You used me? For television. Kenneth, I humiliated you for television. Like on what's happening when that man used rerun to bootleg that Doobie Brothers concert. Exactly. And I need to humiliate you again. I've got a very important meeting coming up, and Banks cannot be there. And you want me to kill him? No. I need you to distract him. You've got to make sure he doesn't leave that hotel room tomorrow morning. I'll do it. Just like Sidney Bristow on Alias, I'll use my sexuality as a weapon. To the wig shop! So I like the turnaround there that like Kenneth is offended that he was used, but then once he says like I used you for television, for television then he's in. That's, like, that's oh. Kenneth, yeah, that's Kenneth's trigger. Yeah. He'll do anything for television. <laughs> um, but you said, I don't get what the Doobie Brothers reference is. I'm happy to explain that. Um, Please do. Yes. Uh, what's happening was like uh, a Good Times-like show in the 70s. Um, Rerun was a character who in this particular episode they're referring to does exactly what... Um, Kenneth says they strapped a bulky recording, like sort of like how you do a wire, mm-hmm. and, but it was like a gigantic thing. But he was a big kid, so it was probably easier to hide on him. And he goes into the Doobie's Brother concert, and he's dancing around, he's enjoying it, he's recording it, but he gets too jolly, and it all falls out, oh, and he gets in trouble, and he's like, <gasps> but oh, no. that's, that's what's uh. happening. If you've ever heard the catchphrase, hey, hey, hey. Yes. That's not hey, 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 because that's Fat Albert. <laughs> yes. Uh, there you go. Well, that <laughs> explains a lot because, to be honest, when I first heard that, I thought what happens was maybe some show that was on Ravel before it turned into What's Happened Live, What Happened Live, and then I didn't understand the rest of it. Wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you know how like before TRL was a thing like there was a show with, I think just called Total Request. So I was like, oh, oh that must be right. what happens must have been whatever show they did before they started doing it live. Was Pat, Matt Pinfield the original guy on Total Request? I don't know. The bald guy? Was he there ever someone before Carson Daly? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. No, I don't know. Is that still, that's rebooted now, right? It, not anymore. It, it was, but it didn't last very long okay. because they, I, from what I read, they didn't seem to know what to do with it. They didn't do a video countdown. They had, like, musical performances and guests and stuff, but it wasn't... It just seemed very disorganized, and they didn't know what they mm. were doing, and it was gone, like, within a year, I think. Oh, that's... Well, yeah. I mean, you really can't compete with YouTube, honestly, at this point. Oh, sure. I mean, they... I don't know. There probably is a way they could have done it. Like, I mean, obviously, like, if you look at it... Like, there, a show like Riverdale has lots of young people watching it, like, on regular TV, so... There's maybe something they could have done, but it wasn't the way Make they did it. Make it a murder mystery. Exactly. Every, every episode is who killed Carson Daly. <laughs> <laughs> was it Eminem, who was number oh, one God. for three weeks straight? <laughs> and now we learn a little bit about Tufer's past and his family history. Family history. I can't do this sketch. What? Why? Because you can't have a white dude playing a criminal. That's a negative portrayal of my people. Tracy, you're not white. I don't know who I am anymore. There's been a black man inside of me for a long time. Not as a white guy, I've been here too. It's like audience for a Bobby McFerrin concert up in here. Tracy, you should be honored to be a descendant of Thomas Jefferson. Of course you would say that. You wish you were white. Well, how dare you? I happen to know what it means to be proud of one's heritage. My great-great-great-grandfather was one of the few black men who had achieved an officer's rank during the Civil War. This is a picture of him shaking hands with Ulysses S. Grant. Let me see that. I think he's shaking hands with Robert E. Lee. Dude, your relative fought for the South. (laughs) You're related to a black Confederate officer. That's messed up. See? Now you know what I'm going through. Do you think these other black guys are his prisoners or what? (laughs) (laughs) I guess that also just shows Tufer's ignorance that he never bothered to look close enough at that picture. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, if you told me to tell the difference between Robert E. Lee and Ulysses S. Grant, I would just say they're two white dudes with beards. (laughs) There's, like, minor... I think... I think Grant had, like, the full... With a full beard, and Ulysses maybe just had like the goatee beard. You mean Lee? 
don't fucking know. <laughs> he said, he said, he said, Grant, he said Ulysses. One of them. Ulysses and Grant. No, I think Lee, yes, had the less full. Yeah, and Grant. Hair. Yeah. That's old white dead dudes. Who cares? Um, but history. History. <laughs> so Floyd tries to find Liz after he realizes that she wasn't at the Alcoholic Anonymous meeting earlier that day. Hey, Liz. Hi. Hi. Hey, can I, can I talk to you for a sec? Yeah. I'm sorry to do this at work. I just want to make sure you're okay. You weren't at the meeting today. Oh, no, I'm okay. Okay, good. I just want to offer my support. If you ever need to talk to someone, I'd be more than happy to take you out for coffee. Do you have time now? Sure. This is my favorite moment of this entire season. Probably one of my top five moments of this entire show. It's so absurd to me. And I I was trying to think about this, why this is so funny to me. And one, it's a parody of Mori Povich, which is just... I didn't know that Mori Povich was still doing this. To this day, I still think he does these father reveals. But that was what I gave him the second resurgence of his TV oh. show. But it's yeah. like, it's unexplained why Jack Donaghy is Thomas Jefferson, why he is not surprised that he's on TV, and when he when he starts talking and he says, America, which I invented, and then he pauses, and the crowd starts booing him, and then he flips the crowd off, and they boo, they boo louder, and then he lets them calm down and continues. There's just something about the timing of it. Like, no one's reacting to it except the crowd. Maury looks like he doesn't know what's going on. Like, he just lost control of the show. Like, he literally had no idea what's going on. Tracy seems like he's trying not to laugh at everything that's happening. There's just something about the scene that is always funny to me. That yeah. I cannot help but love yeah. it. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, and specifically around this time, I remember, because this is when I was in college, in the afternoons when, like, this was in, this was in my second year when I was living um, in, like, a... Uh, some of my friends um like in the afternoons on days when we didn't have class we would watch like all those terrible maury you're not the father whatever episodes and i mean so that was, yeah i just remember that being a big thing around that time yeah i i but i mean it's still we're 13 years removed from this and it's still a thing that like he's still oh yeah the yeah it's just i guess like it brings in a, it's probably low cost enough and ratings are just good enough that he can keep doing it but Yikes. Is he the one that's married to someone? Or am I thinking Donahue? Donahue's the one that was... Or maybe last time I didn't remember, he was married to Connie Chung. No, that's Moripovich. Or at least it was. I don't know if he still is. I could have sworn it was Donahue. Nope. Okay. Well, I don't know who Phil Donahue is married to, and I'm too lazy to look it up right now. But, yes, this is my favorite scene of this episode, my favorite scene of this entire season, and top one of my top five scenes of the entire show. It's so good. And I should mention, this is all a dream that Tracy has. <laughs> all right, Tracy. I have the DNA results right here. Are you ready to find out who your biological father is? I think I am. Tracy, meet your father, Tom. <laughs> yeah! I hate you, Thomas Jefferson. just called you a dog, Thomas Jefferson. No matter, Lawrence. I'm here for you, Tracy Jordan. I rode a horse all the way from heaven to tell you something important. America, which I invented. <laughs> which I invented is a great country because we are not burdened by our pasts. Embrace who you are, Tracy Jordan. And may the force be with you always. Uh, now we get to see what Floyd looks like when he's drunk. Another one of my favorite bits from this episode. Hey, do you want to come over? My friend Pete is staying with me, and we've decided that we're going to do this thing where every night we watch one of the AFI Top 100 movies. How many are you going through? Well, they only have Star Wars and Tootsie, so we just keep watching those two over and over. <laughs> I'm in. But only because your friend's there. Otherwise, it would be too tempting for this to turn into a, a real date. What do you mean? Well, obviously, since we're in the same group, we can never date. It's against the rules. 
Right, but isn't that one of those rules like, don't walk between the subway cars and all the cool people just do it anyway? Liz, I need the rules. The last time I drank, I ended up doing a man on the street commercial for Tarzan on ice. I mean, he was playing on skates, and the little monkey was fighting. I want to see it again! Yikes. Yeah, and I didn't even see it. <laughs> Have you ever seen those actual like Man on the Street Broadway show commercials? Because no. that one's that one's a little exaggerated. They usually don't look that disheveled, but it's not that far off. They're usually like super enthusiastic, like like that standing in front of the poster, like on a random like street. It's just, like like oh, it was wonderful. I loved ours. We had so much fun. Like it's just yeah. like <laughs> I mean, well, obviously you get the people that are the most like excited, obviously, because yeah. you're trying to sell something. But at the same time, you get the people that are just like. You, it, they're rare. There, there's not that many people that are going to be that excitable. Yeah. But also, like if you're telling them this could be used in an ad, they're probably pitching it up a yeah. lot more anyway. But I feel like that is like a lost, almost like a lost art. I don't think you see that much anymore. Yeah, like there's like testimonial kind of reviews yeah. anymore. I wonder, like maybe in the New York area, since I mean, maybe they, st- I, I bet yeah. they still do. But yeah, we wouldn't see them. I mean, that much. I don't know. I feel like you used to. You, you maybe would see them for like movies like the opening weekend after oh yeah you would see them on that but i don't think you see them much anymore like mostly now it's like the the trailers that have come out after the opening weekend a couple weeks it's like number one movie in america and then it's just like blurbs from reviewers but not like people on the street kind of things but i don't think that's as common people on the street now we have the internet it's true we have (laughs) twitter and And the rotten tomatoes score oh god (laughs) I mean, I've been following Rotten Tomatoes for years, and it always used to be like, I guess maybe it was kind of just like the low-key way to discern if a movie was going to be good or bad or whatever, but now like that it's like essentially something like a sticker that you can tout and oh, put yeah. on your thing. Now it's just like, I don't know, like it sounds like hipster to say this, but it just sounds like, I don't know, it's too commercial now. Well, to, I mean, no, it's I mean, it's, it's super great that you could still rely on it, but at the same time, it's just like, well, Rotten Tomatoes says it's good, and it's like, that doesn't really mean that much yeah. to me anymore. It's like I remember being at a business dinner a couple of years ago, and we were, like we were talking about movies, and like one of the people there pulled out her phone to like look them up, and like I guess she was looking around to me. She was like, she, she kept being like, "Oh, that one has a blah, that that one has a great score on Tomatoes. That one has a you know blah blah. That one has a good score. That." And she was like, for like every single we were coming talking about or whatever, right. she was like, "Oh, that that has a blah blah score on Rotten Tomatoes." It was like it, it, that was the one. I was like, "Wow, it's like super." I mean, that's just like the super mainstream way that lots of people, yeah think about movies now like they don't even like read the reviews really they just see the top line score and say oh you know that has a 90 percent, so it must be right. better whatever which i mean i mean it is is it it's a good measuring it's a good measuring tool definitely but you should still be interested in something because you want to see it not just because it's getting good review scores you know well, of course yeah like, but i mean i don't think that there's people so naive they like well i just gotta see the number one movie or i've got to see what's the highest rated thing around like i have to go see mm-hmm. a movie and what movies it could be? It's just whatever's highest rated. On. Like I know there probably are a I percentage are. of people that are doing that, but I don't like to believe that there are a percentage of people that just go out and see what's popular just because of a rating score or just because it's popular. Because that just to me that defeats the point. Yeah, but of entertainment. In a way, I think it's always been that way. It's just a different method. Like you know, maybe thirty years ago, it was because they you know the local movie reviewer gave it a good review or. I mean, I was say word of mouth, like yeah. their friends were talking about, it, which I mean, yeah. word of mouth still exists, but I mean, ha- but I mean, it's really like, you know, you, you went to a lunch with like several friends and they talk about how they saw this great movie. I mean, is that that much different from a Rotten Tomato score? It's just a different yes way. Yes and of... no. Yes, because you trust your friends more than you trust this essentially well. anonymous. Well, you, <laughs> mo- I, no. I would say I trust my friend's view of a movie more than I would trust like Peter Travers, whose fucking blurbs are the worst thing ever to happen yeah. in movies. But, um... Unless you're Gene Siskel, I don't care what movies you review because Gene Siskel's fun and he makes a lot of puns and he's adorable. He's a national treasure. <laughs> we don't insult Gene Siskel. Um, I trust my friends' reviews over an essentially anonymous or just a, a critic's reviews because I know my friends better. I know their personalities. I know their likes and their dislikes. So, like, if Deb and Luke say, oh, yeah, we went and saw the new In Night Shyamalan movie, and it was good it wasn't great i think all right that's probably how i'll feel about it too because we generally like the same things if peter travers says like 
and Night Shyamalan's movie's the greatest thing that happened since The Sixth Sense, and it's like, well, uh, that's, <laughs> well, I mean, that's okay, just Peter so, Travers, right? But I mean, like, you remember when The Witch or The Vivitch, however you want to pronounce Witch, it, was coming out yeah, a couple yeah. years ago? Like all the tagline, there's like. Where I feel like we're watching something that we should never oh. actually be seeing. Yeah, that, that is a ridiculous That's quote. ridiculous. But that is what helped sell that movie yeah, to no, some people. Yeah, I know. But I remember reading that. And I was, and I remember saying this to Luke and Deb at the time. And I was like, this is a stupid blurb because this really doesn't mean anything. This is one person's idea yeah. of what they consider the scariest thing or the most taboo thing. And then we went and saw the movie. It was creepy and it was tense. But... I never, ever felt like that I was watching something on screen that we shouldn't be ever seeing. And it's just like, I want to, then I want to look at that person who said that and be like, what else have you seen? Like, have you seen nothing else and this is the only thing you've ever seen and you just think that we shouldn't be watching this? Or I don't know. Like, it just, I don't like out of context blurbs because I don't know. They're just like, there's, you need the full context to really understand what that is saying. Like, if, if it's like dot, 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 thrilling or thrilling, dot, 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 usually there's something before that thrilling and there's something that's after it. And if you're not getting the full context, it's not a fair review of that movie to me. Yeah. But Two anyway, quick thoughts. So First. Far, so I'm getting off my soapbox. Yeah. You get on yours. Well, I'm not a soapbox, but two quick thoughts. First, um, The Witch starring Anya Taylor-Joy, who also last year starred in a really small indie movie called Thoroughbreds. Which is one of the most underrated movies, I think, of is the that past the one few years. With Laura Dern in it? No, 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 no. Oh. That's the tale. Uh, Thoroughbreds is. The, oh, I think I know. It was Anton Yelkin. Was that his name? He was the actor who died, like, died in a car accident. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was like his last movie oh, he sad. was in. But anyway, it was a small indie movie that was really, really, I mean, really, really strong writing that I don't think anyone saw. And what it, did Peter it, like, Travers say about it? I, I don't know actually. Like, it sh- I think it showed up on some. Like some critics list, but not really. Like basically, I found it because it was big on Letterbox. Like, and I was like, "What is this?" And it was it was really. Oh, good. Letterbox is the new Rotten Tomatoes. Really, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. I don't think. I mean, it the hipsters really has enough users. Hipsters are already. Over. I don't know. Anyway, so that's a good movie. Second, I also I don't know. Thinking about recommendations and like where seeking from, like maybe and it depends on the medium too. Because I think about like books. Like I will never take a book recommendation from another person because. <laughs> Well, it's not a mean thing. It's just like, I don't know, like, I feel like I'm, I follow, like, latest releases and stuff enough where it's like, I get a good idea of what I'm going to be interested or not. So it's like, no one could ever to, like, say to me a book, like, oh, you should read this book. It's like, I already have so much that, like, I want to read that I'm, that it's like, I'm aware of that. Yeah. I just, I don't know, like, I actually, there's like a few people I follow on Goodreads that I trust more than any other source because, like, basically I follow them because, like I know their taste and their taste mm-hmm. is similar enough to mine where I don't necessarily like everything they like or just like you know whatever but right. they like they've become like the closest guides like those those actually those are like literally the only people I take recommendations from outside of like you know I um I, I subscribe to a service that like curates like all the books that are coming out every week so like I'll look through just the descriptions and like find yeah. books that way but like for for whatever reason like I just, like, can't take a word-of-mouth book recognition from anyone. Like, I just... I, I mean, even if, like, someone says it, like, oh, I'll look into that, like, I'll never read it. If Yeah, I think there's something about books specifically that it's hard to really take mouth... Uh, like, word-of-mouth repu- uh, reviews or reputations on because there's a lot that you can take from a book. Like, how someone writes, how you interpret it, things like that. Like, it's it's more personal. Yeah. Whereas like something like a movie or a song or mu- or music or 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 a video game or any anything that's more like um, like a visible medium. I mean, books are I guess visible medium, but like it's more analog versus like a digital medium. Mm-hmm. There's you can because you're hearing a specific voice in a movie or a song versus in how you're interpreting a book. The voice that you're reading that in is going to be something your very own. So, like, if someone says, oh, you should read Harry Potter because the characters sound like this, this, and this, your interpretation of how the characters might sound may be way different from that person's rep- representation. Yeah. So, I think that's that's why it is harder to, to take a book recommendation. Not that I haven't turned down or, or haven't checked out a book because someone recommended it, but I don't read that often anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, I feel like for me and for most stuff that I take in, it's usually, like, 
if it sounds interesting, I'll give it a shot. And the worst is I'm out. If it's a movie, I'm out two hours. If it's a show, I'm out a couple episodes. You know, it's no big yeah. loss. But yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I don't want to come off as like a snob. It's like, well, I don't read reviews. I don't need someone to tell me what's good and what's bad. I do read reviews and I'll watch reviews every now and again if there's something that I'm like fifty fifty on. Like I eat. Like depending on the idea, it could go really good or bad. But usually, like honestly, movie tickets are expensive, but not really. Like I can afford. Really. I can afford to go out and just yeah. like if I waste two hours watching a new M Night Shyamalan movie. Oh well, like I'm out seven bucks. Like yeah. not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, also depending on the movie theater around here, like I mean, it's easy to get four to seven dollar tickets depending on the right. Movie. Like I mean, yeah. even like I mean, what Regal is probably the most expensive, and on like a weekend night, it's like what twelve or thirteen bucks, which is like not. Compared right. to what some people pay, and, and considering other we don't, terrible. we and I think like the big also thing was like how much a movie costs is if you get like snacks and stuff. Yes, yeah. I mean, but that's where the movie theater spoiler. That's where they're making their money off of you. They don't yes. make no money. They make no money from ticket sales. Yeah. It all comes from the concessions. So if you're complaining about spending a lot of money, stop buying concessions. Just sneak your stuff in, um, or don't eat anything. Just go or see don't the eat movie. anything. Just no. like you can't go two <laughs> no. hours without eating. No, I, I, I mean, for me, I yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that's like an experience thing. No, like no, I, no, of course. I, I, I get I that. Get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Tarzan on ice. Oh, Garcia. Right. It's wow. The, we... It's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess we should also mention Matt. Matthew shows up again. We have Jonathan and Matthew in this. Oh yeah, I, I noticed that. And he actually gets lines. And yeah. from what I can tell on IMDb, the main character, the character, and the actor's name is named Matt. And I think this is the only other episode that he's in. So, bye, Matt. It's nice knowing you. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I just kind of fell asleep on your legs. I know, it's weird. I've never let anybody put their head that close to my feet before. <laughs> um, do you want some coffee? Ah! Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, pins and needles. Are you all right? Oh, both my legs are asleep. Okay, all right. Here we go. Come on. Hop up. There we go. All right. Walk off, Scarecrow. Ah, uh, that was really fun last night. I, uh, I think Tootsie's a very well-crafted movie. Yeah, they use it as an example in all the screenplay books. Look, I would really love to do this again sometime, but I, yeah, I don't think it's a good idea. Floyd, I'm not an alcoholic. I lied. I followed you to that church because I have a crush on you and I let you think that I belong there. What? I know, I know. It makes me seem just nutlog and hash crazy, but if there's any way that you could see past it. No. No, that. <laughs> I said stuff in there that even my best friends don't know. I know. That's supposed to be a safe place. I know. It is extremely not okay that you did that. What are you still doing here? Don't you have a breakfast meeting with Jack? <gasps> oh, oh, oh. Floyd, I'm sorry. I have to go. No, 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 I'm, I'm going. I feel more confused and betrayed than those people that work with Tootsie. Talk about Tootsie. Well, I haven't seen it. Okay. But one thing I do know about it is they've just rebooted it as a Broadway musical. And from what I've heard, it's really weird because it's set more or less in modern times, but it, they don't invoke anything to do with like trans rights or even just like basic like cross-dressing like they treat it exactly like they did back in the movie but it's just set in a more modern time it just it, like from what I hear it's just like it's a very Tone strange back. treatment based off how society has progressed since the movie came out well uh I haven't seen Tootsie in several years. And fun fact, the only class that I ever failed in high school was a film appreciation class. And I how never... do you fail a film appreciation? <sighs> how do you fail any class? But how do you fail especially well, a film appreciation can, class? You can fail a lot of classes for a lot of reasons. But the reason I failed film appreciation wasn't because I was bad. It's just because I just didn't do anything in the class. I refused to do any of the work. It was the easiest class. All I had to do was just watch movies and then review them and I did half the work and none of the actual reviewing so but we, it was a really cool class we got to watch like Aliens we got to watch The Matrix we got to watch Tootsie uh, I think uh, Abyss we got to watch The Abyss tons of cool movies 
But I, I remember watching Tootsie, and I was like, oh, man, this is one of those... There's a reason this movie is still talked about and is, is, is still heralded to this day. I don't know how well it holds up in a modern light of, you know, 2019. Uh, I, it was never about trans rights. It was, it was obviously there was a cross-dressing motif to it, but uh, I don't know um, how it would be viewed by... Well, I mean, I think if, if, if you view the movie, the movie, you can say, oh, well, it's a product of its time. But like to reboot it in the modern age and not adjust based off just cultural advancements since then. I, I, yeah, that seemed a little weird. It does seem a little weird. Hmm. Interesting. Anywho. Anyway, Tootsie's good. I'd recommend it. I don't take recommendations. But, well, damn it. <laughs> I haven't learned anything. <laughs> So due to uh, Liz's ignorance and falling asleep on the couch, uh, she misses the meeting. But the uh, the executive group of TV... <laughs> the TV executive The TV group. executives, probably is a better way to put it. NBC, yeah. At NBC, decide to go with Jack's firework plan because of the cowboy hat. So outdated. I mean, I guess like knowing uh, his audience was a good idea. Like they're all old white people, so... Fireworks still has some sort of spectacle to be sold on some level. I, I think guess. people of all ages and races like fireworks for the most part. Uh, Maybe it has a three-hour spectacular when it's not the Fourth of July. God, but... Who could watch? Who could watch three hours of fireworks on any day? Who? Who wants that? I bet you. Who, well, three hours I mean, is a lot. Three hours is a lot. Yeah. Like I mean, they do them out here weekly for like eight minutes, and that's a lot, yeah. and that's every week almost. Yeah. Three hours? Yeah, no. that's way too much. Yeah. And I don't know. That would be very expensive too. Very, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but we come back and Tracy has an idea what to do with the Jeffersons. I found a biography on your ancestor. It's called Confederate Monster, the Tobias Spurlock Disaster. Your tooth? How you doing? Not good. The barn that John Wilkes Booth hid in belonged to Tobias Spurlock. Well, listen. Dream Jefferson told me some amazing stuff. He said it's not about who you were. It's about who you are right now. No, Toofer. Give in to your heritage. Kill Tracy. Let me shoot something at you. I came up with a movie idea about all of this, and I want you to write it. Okay, what's the movie? It's the story of Thomas Jefferson. Only thing, we're going to do it like Norbit, where I play all the parts. That's actually hilarious. <laughs> it's not a comedy. It's a drama. We'll get to see that coming up. I, I think it's this season. It might be the next episode, uh, but we get to see uh. the we get to see a preview of the Jeffersons uh, very soon. Uh, but Liz Liz comes to Floyd and decides to air all of her weird junk to him. Hi, um, I'm really sorry about what I did, and I know that you can't forgive me, but just to even things out, here is all of my weird secret stuff. I have been sexually rejected by not one, but two guys who later went to clown college. I get super nervous whenever I hear a vacuum cleaner because when I was a kid, my mom used to turn on the vacuum to drown out the sound of her and my dad fighting, which is why I rarely vacuum my apartment, like never. I have had three donuts so far today. Uh, once in college, I pooped my pants a little bit at a country steaks all-you-can-eat buffet, and I didn't leave until I finished my second plate of shrimp. A couple of months ago, I went on a date with my cousin. Wow, I, I am a mess. There is an 80% chance in the next election that I will tell all my friends I am voting for Barack Obama, but I will secretly vote for John McCain. Here's one. Um, when I was a kid, I used to put on my fanciest nightgown and then I would mix orange soda and cream soda in a champagne glass and I would sit in the dark and watch The Love Boat. Consequently, I have some weird sexual fantasy stuff about Gopher from The Love Boat. And I lied. I have had five donuts today. So, um, that's my deal. Now we're even. Liz. You know, the Roomba is a nice, quiet alternative to a vacuum. Thank you. That's a, that's a good tip. And in the interest of full disclosure, I also have a sexual fantasy about Gopher. Except mine's the one from Caddyshack. <laughs> well, that makes sense, because he's a very good dancer. Mm 
So Liz and Floyd are officially together, and it's time for fireworks. Three Yay. hours of fireworks. God. Sounds awful. And it goes just about as well as you could think. Skyrockets in flight. Afternoon at night. Oh, boy. I really should have been at that meeting. Welcome to the Rockefeller Center Salute to Fireworks. Now, without further ado, three hours of fireworks. Wait, fireworks? In Midtown? On a day that's not the 4th of July. Oh my god! Oh boy, that's gonna scare a lot of people. Why? I mean, I mean, obviously it's for comedy, but there's just so many things wrong with that. Like... And that's why you should never do three hours of fireworks. Or Everyone will think it's another 9-11. Yeah, especially this is a few years out of 9-11. Yeah, that would be super terrifying. Without a lot of notice and a lot of like, oh God, I can't imagine what you'd have to go through to get that clearance. Oh yeah, in real life, you'd have to get, I'm sure, all kinds it would of never, permits. It would never fly. Yeah, you'd no. never get three hours no. on a random whatever day to do that. But that's fireworks. Um Again, strong episode. Uh, one of the, I think one of the best episodes of season one. I think this is uh, another example of wacky sort of cartoon 30 Rock. It's sort of walking the line. Like there's a lot of groundedness in this, but it's also showing the absurdity on some levels. Um, yeah, I, I think there's very little that could have been cut from this episode. There's a lot here that, that works and sets up for future episodes. Final thoughts from you. I thought it was pretty good. I wouldn't say it was my favorite of the okay. season. Um, but it was a good episode. No, I think it's a solid all around. Uh, looking at what we've got coming next. Yeah, so I think also, like, I want to talk more, just a little bit more about uh, Will Arnett, Devin Bakes. In terms of, like, representation of, like, a gay character on a sitcom, sitcoms have never really done it well. And even with 30 Rock, they kind of go a little over the top and sort of rely on a lot of, like, basic stereotypes but at least on the surface Devin Banks never comes off as like a super flamboyant kind of homosexual character he's still a relatively like grounded corporate kind of person yeah which obviously he's playing that to his strength like he's he's closeted he's not out yet um but there are some jokes every now and again that go over the course of the series that kind of push the line a little bit of like what would be considered like I would consider acceptable as a gay joke but but I still think like his treatment is a good representation when before this there was very little representation of a good gay character on TV. Yeah. Um, Will I, and Grace was probably the best representation that NBC had done at this point and even then like... Yeah. Maybe NBC I was going to say How I Met Your Mother Barney's Brother was probably one of the like the most it was like a very yeah. normal normal's relative David. But I'm, I'm, I'm saying like kidding. a normal positive right. like just you know matter of fact character right. i guess yeah that wasn't like it wasn't like the butt of jokes or anything you know what i mean like yeah you're right i don't even think i don't think friends ever had it if they did it was very one-off and it was probably full of terrible stereotypes oh i mean weren't i mean did like a couple of the characters like didn't they oh they were very like, much yeah yeah like, so. i'll never be a homosexual um yeah Representation's important, guys. Yeah, <laughs> what I mean, a stance to take. I know. Yeah, I mean, since then it's gotten uh, yeah better. I don't know. Like, I mean, I feel like there are a yeah. lot of shows. Like, I mean, especially on, City, especially uh, yeah, Broad Broad City. City's a great I mean, honestly, a lot the a lot of the best LGBT representation has been done on like CW and Freeform shows. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which Fosters I mean, is a good example. Yeah, of, like, exactly. Fosters. Yeah. It's been I mean, off that's a good heavy, trouble. That's a heavy-handed show. Yeah. But it's still a very good representation of like just a quote unquote normal family existing with problems. Yeah. You know, um, I think Comedy Central does it well. You know, Broad City is a good example. The other two is a good example yeah. of having gay characters. Yeah. Um, I mean, gosh, MTV Awkward and Faking It had like prominent LGBT characters that were well. <laughs> Faking it, actually, faking it was interesting because the, the the premise of that was it was two girls in high school who pretend to be lesbians to like become popular. But it turns out one of them actually is a lesbian, and the other one is straight. So it's a little like 
the the premise like it could be a little iffy, but it actually like once it got over like the flashiness of that kind of gimmick, like it turned into a really good show. Like there was actually a character who was intersex. There was a, like another mm-hmm. gay character. Like it was actually super progressive. Like for some reason, like I mean, yeah, think about like MTV, Freeform, CW. I mean, I guess it makes sense yeah. if 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 you're saying well, younger people tend to be more progressive, but still, like I mean, other than that, like I guess. A lot Orange of Disney HBO Black. and Showtime. Yeah, yeah that's true. Orange is a black. So it, it has... It's gotten... I mean, yeah, really in the last 10 years, it's gotten a yeah. lot better about representation and um, what would be considered stereotypical or whatever has lessened, but it's still... We're, we're going to sort of see the transition over the course of, the, of 30 Rock. We're going to see that idea sort of fading out. But around this time in 2006, 2007, it was still just... yeah. Uh, just leaning too hard on stereotypes of what gay people can be or, or are on TV and it's just like it's yeah. really rough but I like 30 Rock representation and again they go a little too far sometimes but they're usually pretty good about um, representing gay characters on TV uh, but looking to next week we get episode 19 Corporate Crush uh, we get a follow up to this episode with uh, Tracy pitching his Jefferson idea to Don Guys, who comes back on the scene as well as following more of Floyd and Liz uh, dating and uh, Liz introducing him to Jack. So another fun-filled episode. Um, Any final thoughts before we go out? Nope. All right. Well, as always, thank you for joining us on Go To There. Uh, Apple Podcasts is the best place to leave comments, feedback, all that fun stuff. We do thank you for that. And if you like what we're doing, you can donate to our coffee, ko-fi.com backslash go to there. And uh, we will see you next week for episode 19, Corporate Crush. David, take us out. See you next time. Click.